swagger, okay? Regardless of what happens out there, doesn't matter. Keep your swagger. Welcome to the Five Hole Fantasy Hockey Podcast. We got Zach. We got Raj in the house. What's up, boys? Hey. Hey, hey, hey. Seamless. Seamless. So it is the 24th of July. It has been a wild week. Chaos. What did you say? Maelstrom of Misadventure? Maelstrom of Misadventure. Like a That's what this Magic is the Gathering like super move. I love it. Uh, if you guys want to find us, we're on Twitter at FHF Hockey, where you have a Fantasy Hockey Discord. You're more than welcome to join. Bumping right now. Uh, this this offseason has been nuts. You got Seattle. You got the draft. And there has just been so many trades. So many trades. That's what we're going to talk about tonight. Let's start off with news and notes. Shea Weber officially shut down for the year, maybe for his career. Uh, Nashville could be in trouble. Yeah, that one hurts. That one hurts. Uh I'm going to get to a question here, but like Nashville could be in trouble if he retires. There could be a recapture penalty for Nashville, which would just, I mean, that would suck. I think it's like $4 million a year for, you know, X amount of years. But what I want to know is how much more do we like Petrie right now? And I guess by like a trickle down, like do we like Romanov a little bit better? If you guys remember last season, uh, the first few weeks they were running Petrie and Weber on the top power play unit. And then Romanov, Romanov, had a power play two duties, and that's when he was actually interesting. So I want to know first off. I think he's going to be locked into that power play two, man. Me too. Sure. I mean, it, it seems it seems you know it, it's got to happen. I think it, it's a little bit of a Kucherov two point like just he might just happen to be better for the playoffs kind of thing. But uh, I mean, how could he step it up from this year? Really? I mean, he was yeah. already that good, so. If he could perform even... Well, because he's going to be the undisputed guy now. That's why. Because it's going to be undisputed. I would normally expect a huge drop-off after a year like this, but that kind of gives him the fuel to maybe... maybe. You think it washes out? You almost kind of expect a huge drop-off from everybody after the year, after the season they just had. Especially with some of their key pieces not being there. So let's say, you know, regression on top of extra deployment does it wash out do we get the same sort of kind of outcome when it comes to petrie do we still get that late it's probably not gonna be a late round value but you know we'll we'll talk about him when we come close to draft season his adp and stuff but do you think he's gonna be similar to what to what he was this year this past year i think he might be overdrafted would be the only worry is that people might 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 jump all over that but i do think he's gonna be probably close he has, he has a really good shot to be close to maintaining this season i think Cheers, Jason. Jason's in the chat here, man. He's drinking with us. Jason. Dope. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, we're doing YouTube sessions nowadays, too, but it's not professional. Oh, now, or not even close. Now you can see how red my eyes are. Get you it know, together. I know this wasn't really even part of anything that we we're going to talk about, but as different as that Montreal team is going to look next year, what kind of ascendance do you think that Suzuki and Caulfield are going to have playing ascendance, together? Love it. Uh, their chemistry in the playoffs was fantastic, fantastic, to say the least. And I think between the two of them, it's going to be maybe not like, you know, and then, league and then winning they, or anything, and then they, but you got you to gotta pay attention to that. Then they get rid of Dano. Maybe. So it's like the Dano-Gallagher um, 
you know, tandem is kind of in the past. Like the new leaf they're going to be turning over after just making the finals. Dano would be great in Columbus, but, you know, just for the sake of continuity, I hope he stays in, in Montreal. I don't know how many more trades I can take. Like I'm always hoping yeah. for trades, but Jesus. We got I'm a lot to get to. On, high on Suzuki. I think Caulfield <laughs> just, just stopped before on Suzuki. Yeah, I didn't know where that was going to go. <laughs> I could have just, just like, I'm high. It's just like a multi-layered <laughs> statement I'm making here. It has so many levels. But I think Suzuki is going to be great. Like, he's just, he's been so good, and he's only been getting better. And even in tough games, big situations, he's been huge. I think Caulfield is going to be a little over overdrafted but he's going to be he's good and if the if they set him up properly he's got he's so skilled like he's so good i don't know if i'm going to be willing to draft him where he's where he's going to get drafted but i hope he would fall to me that's for sure caulfield's getting overblown i've seen nhl.com's reactions to him already and and he's getting in for me it's rich it's very rich uh montreal carry price had hip surgery should be good to go for the beginning of the season Yanni Gord in Seattle now, shoulder surgery. He's due for a return in November. In Boston, I want to get your guys' takes here. Tuka Rask is going to be out until January following his surgery. Uh, Yaroslav Halak has informed the team that he does not plan on returning. That's Jeremy Swayman's music, right? Are we there for Jeremy Swayman? Are we on board? Yep. Who's the backup? He's going to be playing. I don't know if I'm on board, but he's going to play. He was swagalicious. They say so good. last year. Yeah, I like. He was him. really good last year. You know, small sample size. Maybe we get some eager Shesterkin vibes. But who do they do as a backup? Are they they they've got to go to free agency there, right? James Reimer, James Reimer, gonna be on the Boston Bruins. I don't see them spending any money on it. Yeah, they just signed Taylor Hall. Pretty good deal. Pretty good deal. To a huge contract. What Taylor Hall? It was uh, four years, six yeah. mil. Not so bad for a second liner. Way less than he was hoping for when he signed the one year. Yeah. He was he got paid from Buffalo. That's what it was. He was going to come in and show everybody that he's worth $9 million for five, and then he was... Well, he did pretty decent. Yeah, I mean, playoffs. he looked good in Boston. That's that's what I'm looking forward to. They, you know, hopefully Krejci signs there. There's rumors about, like, you know, Christian Dvorak or whatever. We'll see. Mm. Edmonton working on re-signing Tyson Berry. That would be huge. And then Taylor Hall signing that four-year deal. That's it for the news. I want to talk about Seattle. Uh, all three of our rosters that we put together in like our mock episode, we were all under the assumption that Seattle wanted to be competitive this year. And that just that's not the route that they went. The roster is not even close to what I thought it would be. They left Tarasenko, Jake Bean, Capo Kakinen, Kale Clegg, Max Domi, Troy Stetcher, Nikita Zadorov, Malcolm Subban, JVR, Ryan Johansson. Like you could build another team that would be better than Seattle based on the players they did not pick. What is your guys' reaction just off the top about Seattle? Uh, I'm happy. I like Vancouver, so I'm happy. We get to crush Seattle. Who's going to score on this team? I just don't understand. They have several defensive defensemen who are fine. We should off the top also say that like this is this is exactly how we felt when Vegas came to the league. Nobody expected them to win. Nobody. Yeah, but Vegas had a better team. But we have this. the benefit of hindsight like, now. Their we top shit on their team. We shit lines. on their team. Everybody shit. Not just us. Everybody. I like their defense. Not 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 on the power. And play. I think Trigger's good, but their offense is balls. Defensive 
side of their defense. That's it. Like who? There's no one on that team I would put on the power play for a defenseman. There's no one. Then stop. Sure. Geo too. Sure. <laughs> like, so what? What do you guys? What do you guys think these power play good. units I mean, look like? What? Who do you put on the power play? Look at their lineup. Who? How do you fill? Because you're gonna have to have a top power play. You're gonna have to have a second power play. You gotta figure it's roll Eberle. the lines. Just roll the lines. Don't even worry about it. I don't know, man. Who you get? How are you gonna stack a line of this? I really don't. You can go McCann, Gord, Eberly as your top line. You know when Gord comes back. I'm not saying maybe throw maybe throw Don yeah. Scoy in there and then Geo. There you go. <laughs> Tanev would be on the second. Yarncroak would be on the second. It's it's bad team. It's a bad team. They're gonna have to do something. They have they must have money left. They have to do something with that money because they have so much money and they've not been able to weaponize their cap. Arizona is blowing them out of the water at this regard. And (laughs) like they, they made no side deals, not a single one the way that Vegas did. Anyone on that team that you would buy a ticket to go see. I'm in fucking Philadelphia. No, I'm not going like jerseys are rad. But if you if you were a hockey fan or something, it's like great. Like at least they had in in Vegas, they had Flurry. They had. A, I mean, I guess Giordano is going to be the face, right? And that's very sad for a franchise to rest their hopes on Mark Giordano. Anyway, let's uh, let's try and mine for some fantasy value here because this is one instance where I'm going to say somebody has to score. I'm not saying anybody's going to be a 70 point player. Because I don't see it. But, you know, March or so came out of nowhere. William Carlson came out of nowhere. He didn't have a name until he went to Vegas. He was like third line in Columbus. Huh. So this is going to happen to Seattle. I don't know if there's going to be breakouts of that magnitude, but you're going to get players that are going to, that are going to Verhage, right? You're a fourth liner. Then you go to, then you go to Florida. You're on the first line and you explode. That's going to happen. Yeah. But he had Barkov and Huberto. You're not going to explode next to Yarn Croak oh and Eberlay. Okay, so to a lesser extent, sure. But like, you know, Yarncroak is has an opportunity at being a top-line player right now. Jared McCann can be a top-line, top-power play player. Uh, Mason Appleton could be your second-line center. Like there are there's there's avenues where people get more time on ice, more deployment. Appleton, Appleton might be one that might not uh, be as expected. If he moves up to the second line, he's... He's looked okay, but I mean, Don Scoy, I don't know. feel like they have to be looking to pick up some. Yeah, there's a lot big. of offseason left. So how many of this top six do you see to be draftable? I mean, I'd, I'd swing on McCann and Everly late, maybe. I'm going to be looking at Gord when he comes back, you know, as a bottom of the roster kind of guy. Yeah. Yeah, November. But uh, let, let's get into it. Let's talk about the goalies first and foremost. Uh, Drieger. Got to be our one A here, right? You would, you would Vanacek, have to think one so. B. Is this a 50-50? Where do you guys put it out? I hope not. I think that Trigger is better than Vanacek. I'd guess 65-35 kind of. Yeah, I hope it's more like that in favor of Trigger. In a bulk league, like a you know shots kind of league, they might be viable. But looking at a defense, I mean, their whole game is going to be centered around blocking shots, looking at Larson, Giartano, Alexiak. Yeah. 
Yeah, there's going to be a lot Susie of block shots too. So. Out there just being an asshole. <laughs> you never know. Maybe they'll be a. Maybe they'll pull off an Islanders version of Vegas. You know, I don't know. Yeah, with with Dave Haxtell at the helm. Yeah, <laughs> it's gonna be nothing but point shots, man. Dave Haxtell grew a a goatee. He's trying to trick us into thinking he's not Dave Haxtell. And I have a feeling that it doesn't like it doesn't even meet up with like it's just patchy. the sideburns. Like it just like grows Jack's right there from Sons of Anarchy. Uh, let's talk Dynasty Outlook because I I think just grows in all douchey. The like player that. or the GMs that have Vanacek on their teams are probably in Dynasty leagues. What do you think Vanacek's Dynasty Outlook looks like right now? Do you think it went down? Is this a is this a buy low? What do you think? Like he went from he was like a one A at times in Washington to now we got a factor. He's maybe not even a one B. I think he's a one B. I think this might go fifty five forty five, leaning towards a trigger. But uh, he's the backup. He's second in command. Where with him and Samsonov, there was like there were times when Vanacek was better. I think it's a loss in value for Vanacek. Do you guys think buy low or do you think sell? I don't think it's a huge drop. I do think it is a bit of a drop, but not not huge. Um, he had that big stint as the number one in Washington while while Samsonov was kind of out, and then Samsonov wasn't good when he came back really after after being sick. But I think. I'd be going Drieger. I wouldn't really be looking at Vanacek. Maybe like if Drieger's not an old man either, right? Like that's the problem for a dynasty league. Unless Drieger just turns into a garbage goalie. Like he's 26 years old. I think if he's decent, he's a number one for a long time. So this has got to do stuff for Samsonov in Washington. Like he's now a true starter thinking back to last year, they picked up Lundqvist. So maybe they go out and they do something similar which is like, you know, try and get a goalie that can push for 50%. Uh, or it's Phoenix Copley. Who knows? Spencer Knight is now an NHL regular as a backup. So those two guys are going to shift up in value. What do you guys think? Is, is there hope with these goalies? Are you targeting or like, would you fall back on them? Or are you kind of trying to avoid like the team doesn't look good on paper? I think we've covered that pretty, pretty heavily. Like it doesn't look great for their win totals. Like even for their dynasty outlook, as far as like Drieger and Vanacek, the fact that they did not secure a single side deal to pile up for the future, I don't think Seattle looks that great going into the, the you know, the next five years or something. What do you think happens with these goalies? What is your final take here? I think that Drieger is the guy. I think he is a, I legit think that he is a bright future. He'll be you know, the guy in Seattle will just have to find out what kind of offense they have after they pick up some people in free agency, which is really what needs to happen. Like, these are just the lines right now. You pick up some good people in free agency, this game could, or, you know, this team could change drastically. Yeah, it's a long offseason. The one thing they have going for them in this lineup, like we were saying before, is a solid defensive decor right like Giordano Alexiak Dunn Larson that's their whole the game of all those guys and even like people like Eberle and you know it's it's a shutdown kind of team so if they're going to try to win at all it's going to be in the Islanders style Don scores a good defensive forward yeah right Gord trying to play against Gord he was uh he was tough for people to play against yeah he led time on ice for Tampa in the playoffs so yeah, so that's a great pickup. If they're gonna win, the way they're gonna win is by keeping the goals down. So the goal boring you know, team. 
Yeah, but which boring teams, right? It's like the Islanders goalies. Like, they don't have to be amazing. They just they play well, and the whole team is built around stopping goals, not just the Good point, yeah. goalie. So they might, ha- they might have decent. But remember, remember that's how Vegas was their first year, though? Like, they were a grinded-out yeah. team. Their first year, I remember watching those games, and they were grinders. Like, that's how they won games that first year because they didn't really have the, you know, the continuity. So they would get out there and just really get on the forecheck, just grind. They also had like a William Carlson go absolutely bonkers. uh, Jonathan March is so kind of go out. That's where I want to kind of lead this conversation to is if there is a March or a Carlson on this team, where do you guys place your bets? Is it Jared McCann? Um, My argument for him would be look at what McCann did while Malcolm was out, you know, it's worth noting that he was taking top power play reps with Pittsburgh's finest and not like Seattle scraps or anything, but you know, McCann put up 18 points in 22 games while Malcolm was out. That's 67 point pace right there. Half those points were on the power play and two thirds of those power play points were goals. So this is a guy that can create on his own. Um, You know, maybe it has something to say about the fact that he was in Pittsburgh, but I think McCann, there's an argument there that maybe if you guys were forced to just draft Seattle players, just skaters, because I think it sounds like we like Drieger the best, but if you were just going to draft Seattle skaters, who would your first pick be? Everly can score goals. Donskoy can score goals. Like he's going to be like, they're going to be at least decent on that first power play. There's going to be a huge drop off to the second power play. I'll give you that. But that first power play, they're going to be able to score some goals. Eberly, horrible. Eberly was top line, top power play. And I still think that they're going to pick some people up in free agency. Eberly was top line, top power play in New York, where even strength wasn't great for offense. Power play wasn't great for offense. Now he has a chance to, we'll see what they do with their power plays, if it's offensive or whatever. Maybe they do go this defensive system, which would be boring. But if Eberly can just break out in on a team that like encourages offense, let's say, you know, that that could be great. I think Yanni Gord is somebody that's going to be strong. For me, he's the 1C. If I'm coaching this team, he's my number one center. So you got to figure he probably top power play too. Obviously, you know, granted, he's not back till November. But I think there's a good chance that Gord is our or 1C. He's on power play one. In November, we can go pick this guy up. So I don't know. Like, it, it, you know, who's the best skater? We don't know, but we're going to take a guess. If I was going to go for it, I'd go for Gord or uh, Dunn. But, I mean, I'm looking more at, like, Larson as a as a peripheral guy in terms of fantasy. That is one thing I'll say is there's going to be bangs here. I mean, Tanev, he's going to get more minutes, so that's more bangs per game. Um, Nate brought up in chat here that, like, Larson and Alexiak are now going to be instrumental pieces of a team rather than just kind of peripheral or ancillary pieces. So, again, more bangs per minute. You know, those those guys are all bangers. I think Appleton has a serious chance of improving his stats. I don't think he's going to be like, he's not going to be a league winner or anything. But, you know, if, if Jared McCann sticks a wing, Appleton is 2C. You look at Appleton's rate stats here, his shots at even strength are, his rate stats are the same as like Horvat, Reinhardt, Elias Lindholm. He's going to get meaningful power play time. He's going to get more even strength ice time. Right now, everybody has a chance to be a big fish in this small pond. So, you know, somebody's going to come out of this with a huge amount of value, I think. 
Yeah, I just wonder if that person's on the team yet. That's the only thing. With the amount of money they have left, they could just go buy that, which would change my whole outlook. It just seems like they went and they got some really fucking solid D. I mean, they passed on Tarasenko for free, so I just don't know if... What if they just go to Eichel and say, you can have all of the, our cap? You can have all of it. He already has a contract. How much more can they give him? Just a suitcase full of cash on the side. Exactly. Buy him a puppy. Buy him a puppy. Yeah. Him a puppy. <clears throat> if, if, you brought a, if you brought a puppy in and a contract to sign, chances of me signing it are way higher with a puppy. In, in yes, puppy or no puppy. I pick puppy. Frank Sinatra style, just a briefcase full of cash. Here you go. Brief phrase, briefcase full Just of a puppies. briefcase full of puppies. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's talk about the collateral damage here. They took players from other people's teams, and now there's vacancies on said teams. Is there any? Are there vacancies that interest you? And I'll I'll lead it off so that we have kind of a, a sense of where I, this question actually means because it was so poorly worded on my part. Donskoy's gone. So Burakovsky is locked into power play one. That's great. It also means that Alex Newhook is now an NHL regular. And, you know, there's a wing vacancy. So it's probably Newhook at the wing. There's, there's two value gains. I think Burakovsky is going to be power play one all year. I think Newhook's going to be a regular. What do you guys think in uh, Colorado? Do you like Burakovsky more, a lot more, or a hell of a lot more? I don't, th- I don't think an a- the answer is less. Definitely more, but... If he's if he's if he's locked into that top line spot when McKinnon and Ranton top power play because I mean Landeskog is still a question mark now. Oh my god, I don't know how I feel about all that. But I I already love that guy. I still think Landeskog's gonna play somewhere else. Nobody else thinks that. No, am I the only one? No, I really he's, do. He's a captain, man. He's not gonna play for for he's not gonna play for that for the Avalanche. You just gave McCarr nine million, dude. I don't see why yeah. I wouldn't pay him. Yeah. Because they don't want to. All right, New York Islanders. Jordan Eberle was top line, top power play. That means there's a vacancy there now. Who takes top line, even strength on the island? Oh my god, um, does it matter? Can Barry Trotz just go out there and do it? <laughs> Might as well. I mean, they're they're one of the only teams that were protecting players on their fourth line. To put it that way. Talk about Maddie Martz. <laughs> Yeah, right? Like, their whole team is just... It doesn't really matter where you are. I, I want Barzell to somehow click with somebody. I don't know who that's going to be. It's going to be Parise. He clicks with Anders Lee. Anders Lee just dumped out, like, Top what? Right wing. Two-thirds into the year, halfway through the year. He was having a great season, yeah, Anders Lee. And- Anders Lee's a left wing. I, I think I said left wing, but it's it's right wing. So that's what Everly was. But yeah, my bad. But uh, I think Wallstrom could be the guy. Maybe it's, I don't know, Parise. Maybe Parise signs there. There's going to be a vacancy. Just keep your eye on there. Calgary lost Daryl Sutter's favorite top power play guy. He likes the veteran guys. Do you think we go back to Rasmus Anderson? Is it finally Yusuf Alamaki time? What do you think there? Do they keep shopping? I like Yusuf Alamaki. Shit or get off the pot. <laughs> Jason Jason wants to know what we're drinking. I'm done. Two-time Jameson and Roger's drinking Mike's Hard Lemonade because he's a man. <laughs> he's Because he's a Canadian man. We're drinking Jameson and Jameson IPA edition. 
In fact, I'm going to have a shot Send right it. now. Um, I think it, it's got to be Valamaki time. You got to you gotta just let it ride. It's time. Uh, Carson Soucy out in Minnesota. That makes Kalen Addison in NHL regular. And I am very ready for that. Eh, Fucking cool. ready. All right, draft day. Let's talk about the draft. Um, I don't know how much you guys caught. I thought Columbus had a stellar draft. Dude, they added Boquist and Bean. Hell, hell of a trades. couple of days. They drafted Kent Johnson, Cole Sillinger, Carson Kuhlman's, you know, just a bunch of picks. The Columbus pipeline finally getting some respect here. Um, I thought Montreal was the loser. Well, it's because they fleeced the Blackhawks. They fleeced the back Blackhawks. Somehow, for some reason, Carolina gave up Jake Bean for just a fucking third rounder. Like, what in the world is going on here? Carolina's weird, man. Like, they just took advantage of a whole peop- a whole bunch of people's, you know, bad <laughs> days. On top of the fact they got they got you know Jakub Voracek too. Like, still they're they're picking up Voracek along with all these other people. Um, I, I don't know. I thought it was yeah, a good day I mean, in general. The, it doesn't mesh. So I think they were just... On top of getting Ken Johnson yeah. and Cole Sillinger. It's just good just draft in general. Just the draft itself. Not even the I player. Think Montreal picks. loses the draft. They took Logan Mayu in the first round. This is a kid who said, don't draft me because I'm involved in, you know, sex, uh, sexual assault allegations. Uh, I need an extra year to grow. And then they pick him in the first round. So, like, that was dumb. So, Montreal did not have a good draft day. Uh, Ottawa did a bunch of silly things. Zach, I think, um, I mean, you know, during our Dynasty drafts or a Dynasty series, we were talking about Tyler Boucher as the banger. He was the guy that was, like, all he did was hit. And he was projected in, like, the, the middle of the second round. Ottawa took him at 10 when Jesper Wallstead was on the board. Like, everybody was on the board. Um that was weird. Ottawa had a really weird draft. San Jose got William Eklund at seven. He fell to seven, and I will say fell. So I love that. Dude, Minnesota. Yeah, that wasn't a bad pick. I feel like they picked him because they had to. Like, oh, how are you not going to oh, pick yeah. him? And apparently they were seven. trying to move that that pick. So, I mean, I don't feel bad about taking Eklund there. Uh, Minnesota got Eklund at 20. Edmonton traded back and missed out on Wallstead because Ken Holland is on crack. Uh, Sebastian Cossack got picked before Wallstead. What do you guys think about that? We talked about them being like, remember about Kosa not being as far behind as we kind of thought he was compared to Wallstead. That Wallstead might, you know, really have shown so much because of the team that he was on. So maybe they see something more in Kosa than they do in Wallstead. But... Him going to Minnesota, man, they have a hell of a goalie pipeline. What do you think this does to Kakinen's dynasty outlook at this point? Because Wallstead, I mean, I think he's a better goalie. Do you feel like his days are numbered? Like they're gonna put they're gonna they're gonna start really. I think his days as a starter are now numbered as a result. I think Wallstead's your one A, but I think Kakinen's gonna be a solid one B. So I think it definitely there's there's a dynasty shift there in value, for sure. I think Fabian Lysel dropped to Boston at twenty. Uh, apparently, there's some like attitude issues there. He'll fit right in in Boston. Uh, McTavish, McTavish yeah, at sure. three to Anaheim. I love that pick, dude. 
McTavish is really good. He's going to be great. I think he'll be a, like right behind Zegris. I'm I'm all right with that. There were a bunch of like really off the board picks. Um, something I was thinking about all the 2021 first round picks are spent. And that's kind of what I thought the price would be for a Tarasenko or an Eichel. Do you think that actually happens this offseason? Either of them? They both asked for trades. Well, both both of those guys are going to move. 100% yeah. both of those guys are going to move. I think, you know, 2022, 2023 are, are better drafts to have first-round picks in anyhow. Yeah, and I I don't see those guys being moved for, for picks. If you're trading either of those players, you're going to be after actual players. Yeah, the price for Eichel is is essentially four first round picks. So whatever fashion those first round picks, whether it's somebody that was drafted in the first round or future first round picks, you got to meet that price. Yeah, you're, there's no there's no way you're trading a Jack Eichel on a hope in a in a prayer. <laughs> if you're trading Jack Eichel, you have you have to win that trade. You know you have a decade of amazing hockey. You know that. You can have first-round draft picks five years in a row, Edmonton style, and still be in last place. Right? Mm. <laughs> so, yeah. I, That's mean. Not really mean. <laughs> All right, I want to get into the actual trades that took place this week. I mean, it was a it was a busy fucking week. Um, let's start off with Seth Jones, big price tag. Uh, Jones signed that huge deal. You got to figure he's power play one in Chicago. They traded Boquist back to Columbus. So they literally traded their power play quarterback of the future for a power play quarterback right now. Do you guys think Chicago is in any shape to compete right now? Nope. You <laughs> still have to address the goalie well, they situation. Have a good to- I like their, I like their top, top six, six is great. I don't hate their top uh, Lankanen had a good showing, but we found out that he's only human. Um, it, it, That's such a risky play. That is a way too much money for what he's going to do. I think so, too. Well, they also gave up, what, a first and a second? A first next year and a second the year the year after? Right? I can't remember the picks. I remember the picks right now. I could have sworn it was they gave away Boquist a first yeah. and a second. It, it was a hefty price to pay and then a hefty check to sign. Um, let's talk about Jones's fantasy value. I think, you know, if you're not in a cap league, he's going to be, be on power, power play, play one. one. He's going to be on that very good yeah. power play one. And looking back at Jones's last four seasons, he's paced for 41 points this year, 44 points the year before, 50, and then 60 points in the last four seasons. You trace that out with his power play points. Last year, he had eight shortened seasons, so that's an 11 power play point pace. That's when he had 41 point pace. Year before, nine, a 13 power play point pace when he was on his way to 44 points. Then he had 10 in his 50-point pace year, and I think it was like 20-plus in the year that he paced for 60 points. I think he puts up 20 power play points easy with that top power play. Yeah. So are we comfortable? Let's let's set an over-under at 55 points for Jones, given a full, healthy season. No. Nope. Are you betting under on 55? Way under. No, I'm not way under. Way under. 
any I'll, any amount I'll, of money. You, you know, want. I'll go the over. You're gonna go you. the over. I I felt I'll comfortable. This is what I wrote. Where did I put it? Fifty points is easy. Fifty five is about where I'd have him. Sixty is possible, but the further you get away from fifty five, like for the further upward do you get, the less likely I think it is. Like I think fifty five is a reasonable ceiling. That makes that but makes there's a, a ton lot of, of upside there. Um. So like 50 points for me, that's a smash over. 55 is where I think about it. And I think it gets really close. So like 55, give or take two, you know, either way is where I have him. Dude, it, it's all about those power play points. It is all about those power play points. Who else is going to be on the power play? Who else could Nobody. it be? And that's the thing. Duncan Keith and is that, gone. I'm going to put Connor Murphy there. Nikita Zadorov? <laughs> no. Nicholas Bodin or Ian Mitchell maybe, but. Well, now, yeah, now no. you're just using the somebody's got a score argument, which I just, it's... No, I'm using the somebody's got a player on power play one argument, and it's not going to be Zadorov. Yeah. It's, it's like Seth Jones is the only answer, like literally the only answer. So he he's is gonna going be to be there. That's big, yes, that's he, big he news. He will be there, and he it's will a better power play. It's anymore. a better power play than he had he in Columbus, Oh, yeah, and sure. I think you'll see his power play share go up from, I think it was like 50% in Columbus, I think... Now it's got to be close to 70%. He's got to be on that. I think they go heavy on their top power play. So I'm I'm there for it. I think there's good offense coming. He's always been pretty good for his peripherals. Chicago's power play is better than Columbus's, no doubt. And now you got Taze, if he's healthy and playing, DeBrincat, Patrick Kane. He is a very young 32 years old Patrick Kane. This past year, he put up his fourth best points per game in his entire career. So, I mean, I think it's easy to say this is an upgrade for Jones. Um, yeah, that's easy. Let's talk about Boquist and Wierenski. Boquist is four years younger. And in an interview about this trade, Yarmol Kekalainen said that Boquist is capable of quarterbacking a power play. He didn't say the top power play, but, you know, that was something that he highlighted about Boquist. Do you think he supplants Wierenski? You know, eventually and this year right now, are two no. different questions, but... You know, he's going to get shots there. He's going to get shots there, but I think Wierenski will probably end up with more than more than 50% of PP1 throughout the year. I like I this for Boquist long term because I think Chicago, like Boquist as a top power play guy, doesn't line up with Patrick Kane, you know, the window of his kind of production and taste and that kind of thing. And I think Columbus is putting together a much more in line kind of parallel to Boquist's age for him to be a top power play guy. So I think this does well for Boquist's dynasty outlook. I don't know what it does for Wierenski. I think Wierenski still holds top power play this year. And maybe Brad Larson comes in and he changes it up so that we have a top power play for real. So there's the coach element that we could put in there, but... I, I like it for Boquist. It's the yeah. most interesting thing about Columbus is is the coach situation is completely different than yeah. it has been for a while, and it's not like an it's not like a normal coaching change. It's like this, <laughs> no matter it's, what direction you go, it is a very different direction than Tortorella. <laughs> like no matter oh, who yeah. it is, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's a huge question mark. Different. Like, what does a non Tortorella Columbus look like? And you know, this is going to be this is going to be our first look at that. So I'm amped for that. Sam Reinhardt to Florida. This trade took forever to complete. Devin Levi and a first-round pick in 2022 go back to Buffalo. Buffalo is like, 
they're done. Like they're, they're shipping everything out. I'm going to talk about Buffalo first. What do you guys think about Darlene? Like Eichel's on his way out the door. Reinhardt's gone. Risto. I mean, you know, there might not have been a ton of contributions there, but like if Eichel and Reinhardt are gone, what do you see for Darlene in the short term? And then I guess the long term too is like, you know, I always liked Darlene because there were the, the options there. But now all those options are getting traded away for lottery tickets. And now and now they drafted Owen Power first overall. Mm. They drafted the person to take nice. the draft. I still got Darlene over Power, personally. For a couple of years, anyways. But Dal- right now. I think yeah, right now. Darlene's got a better offensive skill set. Just skating around by himself out there, man. There's no... Yeah. This is brutal. One thing I did think when I saw them trading all these pieces away, I said... Well, that's going to give them time that they don't have to bring power up right Hopefully away. that's the case, yeah. You know what I mean? Let them simmer. There's no reason to bring that kid into the NHL right now. Not with the team they have. And yeah, I mean, he wanted to go back. They're pretty year. much putting out, they're going to be putting out an AHL team playing in the NHL anyway. All right, let, let, let me phrase that another way. Let's talk dynasty. Do you think it's a buy low opportunity for Darlene or is this something that you're staying away from? Do you not like the outlook down the road for Darlene or do you think it's buy low? I, don't, I never wanted Darlene, and I definitely don't now. <laughs> Here's what I do in a in a dynasty. I think that I think that Rasmus Rasmus Darlene is still a talent. He is still very talented. Now I'm gonna always bet on talent, and I'm gonna still go with Rasmus Darlene. That's why I you know will still have him on my team every now and then, like I had him on my team last year, because I know that he is a talented defenseman who can score points. So whether he does it for Buffalo or whether he does it for another team, now is he going to be, do I want him as my first, my best defenseman, my number one defenseman picked? No, no, but I, but I want him as maybe my third best defenseman. I'm fine with that. Here's my thought on Darlene. As far as like a buy low window goes, let this year play out because I think his value goes down even further going into next year. And then I would have him at an even further buy low. And then, you know, it'll be, it'll be fair value where the risk could pay off. Uh, Let's talk about Sam Reinhardt in Florida, the top power play there, Huberto, Barkov, Ekblad. Those are your locks on the top power play. That's two spots left for Sam Bennett, Patrick Hornquist and Sam Reinhardt. That's three players, two spots who makes the cut. Sam Reinhardt is number one out of those three. I got Bennett. Bennett's Agreed. number one, and then Ryan Reinhardt. So I think Hornquist is your power play too. Yeah, I think so. And Bennett's, you know, Bennett's amazing 10 games at a time. <laughs> I don't like Sam Bennett. Oh, get fucked. Just me. I love Sam Bennett. <laughs> yeah, he's great. Uh, he's good. Power play, power play two in, in Florida is going to be stacked. Uh, I mean, whoever falls out of that group, Bennett, Hornquist, and Reinhardt, and then you got guys like Owen Tippett, Carter Verhage, Frank Vetrano, Mackenzie Weger is pretty much a lock for QB2. Uh, Duclair, all of these guys. <laughs> I know. I love it for weeks. Like Yandel's gone. You got four forwards on the top power play. It's great. Um, what are we expecting out of Sam Reinhardt? Where do you guys put him in the pecking order? Your right wings are Reinhardt, Duclair, Tippett, and Hornquist. Those are great white right wing depth. Where do you see Reinhardt stacking up? He's top line, man. I, I think so too. And I, I like I hate to think it's like I do. the shiny, I think so too. you know, like he's the new 
He's the new guy there, and you just want to put him in the top line. But I think it makes sense. But I don't know that I see Anthony Duclair as a as a top like as a top line forward. And I definitely don't think that Owen Tippett is there yet. I think that Owen Tippett is really good, but I don't think yeah, he's I think, a first I line think Tippett thrives yet. as a Sam second Reinhardt line. Sam Reinhardt has proven that he, he has proven that he is a first line forward. Then you have Hornquist on line three. Duclair can be your fourth line right wing, and then like. That, that's amazing depth at right wing. I love what Florida's putting together. I don't think they're done. Uh, Voracek and I like their. Le- I like both their wings. It's it's down the middle that they're. That yeah, they're maybe Wenberg comes back. Maybe it's Lundell as the three C. We're gonna have to see what happens there. Uh, Voracek and Atkinson. This is a one for one trade. Voracek to Columbus. Atkinson to Philly. Zach, Philadelphia Flyers fan. What are your immediate reactions? Uh, my immediate reaction is I'm sad to see Voracek go, but I understand why they did it. That's my immediate reaction. I, I saw and I was like, man, what a bummer. But when you really deep, like dive down deep into it, you understand it. I get it. I get it. The move makes sense. I Dump mean, and cap. Yeah. That's, that's pretty much the that's pretty He's- much the deal. Dump and cap and still getting a ton of I points. I think you saved 2.4, something around there. Uh, you get a penalty killer. That has shorthanded goal upside. There's, I mean, him and Hayes are oh going to score yeah. shorthanded goals together, and that's going to be sweet. And I think what's nice for us is we are trading Voracek's passes for Atkinson's shots. And I think that's what's most important in this deal. And like breaking it all down, going to Columbus, I think this trade works for both teams because Philly yeah. gets shots and Columbus gets passes. Because you got Bjorkstrand, you got Line. Those are two guys that can shoot and that can score. You get Voracek with one of those guys, and you know that's a playmaker and that's a shooter. It's going to be a great marriage. You know what I really liked? I don't know if either of you guys saw it. Atkinson did a, a presser after the interview. Dude's wearing like a gritty T-shirt already, and he, he was using words like "we," "us," and "our" when he was re- referring to the Flyers. I love seeing guys right after the press release like already identifying as a member of that team. You know what I mean? Like Ryan Ellis had a presser and he was saying like, oh, I don't know what they have planned for me or like, you know, I don't know what they're going to do this year. And and he was using like different pronouns for that. And, you know, I know he's going to get acclimated, but it was just super cool to see how excited Cam was. He was all over social media being excited to be a flyer. And that was pretty cool. So it's not fantasy relevant, but it was awesome. Do you know one thing I will say about Cam Atkinson? He has always fucking killed us. He's been great against the Flyers. Like he yeah. scores goals on us all yeah. the time. Like he is so good playing Most of against them are shorthanded. us. I'm at least glad that we don't have to play against <laughs> yeah, him anymore. I mean, I've I've personally seen in person him score like at least three goals on the Flyers. Yeah, he does it a lot. Uh, where do you see him lining up? Another right wing. Mm. We got TK. We got Atkinson. We got Nick Albe Kubel. And we got Wade Allison, I guess. It's got to be top six. It's got to be top six. I mean, well, he's going to be top six, but I think he's going to be on the second line with, like TJ said, with Kevin Hayes. I think that'll give them a really good rapport, especially um, on that penalty kill. I I like the way you put that with the with the shorthanded goals. I could see that happening, but I think that Konechny will move up to that top spot. I. I, he he deserves. Well, it. not after this year, but long term, he should be up there. I think. 
He shit the bed this year, though. I know because I drafted him in every. Yeah, fucking but he team. personifies what the Flyers want to do on the ice. Like he he knows his role and he plays it. Where do you guys think Voracek lines up in Columbus? I really hope he plays with line A. I could honestly, like you mentioned, I think this could work out for both teams because I think Voracek, like, he's an assist guy first and foremost, but he did seem to be like, he just felt stale in Philly. You know, it's not like going to yeah. Columbus is where you go to rejuvenate your offense, generally speaking, but I honestly <laughs> think, like, you know, putting we'll see. him with Larson. You know, Line A is looking for a guy who can set him up properly, and that's something that Voracek could bring. I could see it in the right situation. Voracek might be – he's not going to take the league by storm or anything, but I could see him getting a decent amount of points, particularly assists and particularly power play points. Oddly enough, I think I kind of see him playing more in that second line. Uh, Bjorkstrand? With Max Domi. Yeah. Have and have Yorkstrand be on the front or be on the first oh, line. Okay. Playing with Roslavic and hmm. and Line. And I think so it sounds like we're all pretty much locking Voracek into the top six there. I mean the bottom six wings are oh, like yeah. Liam Foodie, Emil Bemstrom, Eric Robinson, and Boone yeah. Jenner. So and Boone Nyquist, Jenner. I guess. Like I don't I don't really know what's going on with Nyquist, but he exists. So we'll see what happens there. <laughs> he used yeah, to be did. so good. I loved playing with you him. You always wrecked he me. He was with- awesome. Him in NHL. Gustav yeah. Nyquist, man, he used to just get hat tricks all day all right, on Zach, you. All this, the uh, time. I don't want to talk about that. Next trade that we're going to talk about is two of your guys swapped for each other. It was uh, Pavel Buchnevich for Sammy Blay. So Sammy Blay goes to New York Rangers and Buchnevich goes to St. Louis. Uh, Buchnevich went for less of a return than Rasmus Ristolainen which is wild and it makes me mad because we, I guess we could have had Buchnevich, but anyway, um, that would have been awesome. I like, Buchnevich. do you think of this as Tarasenko insurance or do you think this is just added depth? Raj, I want to start out with you here. I, I really like it for St. Louis. I mean, Buchnevich is great. I, I, he can play top line. Like he's, he's definitely capable yeah. even on, on New York. He was doing well, kind of regardless of if he was playing with Panarin or Zabinijad or wherever he was, his numbers didn't really move too much this year, which was, which was cool. He didn't like, it wasn't a situational thing for him. So, and St. Louis's top six is pretty even across both lines with or without Tarasenko. So I don't think it hinges too much on whether Tarasenko's there or not, to be honest. Um, but I think I might like the top six in nah. New York better. I mean, they had wing depth. I think it was expendable. You have, you know, Kako can maybe move up. I don't, I also don't think New York is done. Like, I think, you know, they brought in Goudreau, Barclay Goudreau. They brought in Sammy Blay. Obviously, they want to get tougher. Yeah. I'm just going to throw this out there. Evander Kane fixes your Tom Wilson problem. Just saying. Just saying. Hmm. Wow. That would be something else. That, that would, would get, get pretty interesting. interesting. That would that, there's no legs to that rumor at all. I'm just kind of starting it, but I think that would be fucking cool. <laughs> just saying. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the top six is going to be fine. You can have Lafreniere, um, you know, move and up. Vander Kane needs yeah. money. Lafreniere is going to turn into a player this year. I think he's. I think he's so a, too. He's a top sixer. The right wing depth in St. Louis is Tarasenko, Perron, and Kirill. Does Buchnevich flip to the left side? You think he's a left wing now? What playing on that top line? Yeah, he might be. I mean, he's a left shot. You're good to go. 
could be. I mean, it's it's plausible. The left wing depth in New York. So like we never saw that because there's Kreider, there's Lafreniere, there was Panarin. So it just never happened that way. But I think he can play the left side pretty easily. Schwartz is probably on his way out. Um, there's a top sw- top six left wing spot open that I think Buchnevich can kind of like seamlessly go into. I think it would actually be he would look good on that top line. I do think that having Ryan O'Reilly with uh, two finishers on either side of him with Buchnevich and Carew. Do we like Buchnevich more or less? I like him a little less. Like I said, I, I like that top six yeah. in, in New York. I actually like it better than St. Louis. If anything, I think that St. Louis won this trade, but it's worse for Bucci's. Yeah. I mean, that's perfectly value. put. I think it's perfectly put. About the same. Maybe slightly <laughs> less, but it should be about the same. I'm handsome, too. St. Louis definitely won the trade, but I don't think Booch will drop off too much. Raj, we're going to your hometown now. You guys take on Oliver ekman Larson and Garland, and you dumped all your trash yeah. in Arizona. All of it. And a first-round pick, which, fine, right? Fine. Uh, but it was what? It was Antoine Roussel, Jay Beagle, and Lou Erickson. Gone. Ridiculous. How did they do that? Vancouver Canucks Twitter is still complaining about this trade. We got this does of- kind of put you in, in trouble in the cap later, right? No, nah, fuck that. We, we've saved a couple million dollars right now. We lost three players who were terrible and don't even really play unless they absolutely have to. And I think you're really going to like mm. Connor Yeah, Garland. exactly. Uh, you guys are going to love him. a top six forward, probably, and a top four defenseman, for sure. Probably. Yeah, like, probably, for sure. So, for three guys who shouldn't even be on the ice anymore. And, sa- and, yeah. sa- sa- and save like my money. Wife. Where we saved money. So before the problem with getting OEL, it just didn't make any kind of sense. And you could jokingly say, like, I don't know how many times on Twitter I said, oh, that would be great. We'll just send you Sutter, Erickson, and Beagle as a joke. As a joke, yeah. That was a joke <laughs> trade. And that's what they made. And Okay, it's like, so the issue is all three of those contracts ended next year. right? Like, you only had to, to wait them out for one more year, but OEL is signed for, like, more than one year yeah that's fine. So down the road fine but you know uh arizona's retaining 12 percent or 1.2 million okay. um so that's fine it's a seven million dollar top four defenseman who is an edler replacement yeah and that's the thing that you got to put into perspective too you're put put edler's roughly four and a half five million dollars in that picture as well and it's really not that it's not that much different for a guy like OEL is going to be more useful than Edler and Connor Garland. Like, is there any forward in that mix who's better than Connor Garland? Man, I like Alex Edler. I love the guy, and it would be sweet to see him be signed and play and retire in Vancouver. But he's just like, unless it's for like a, a million and a half dollars, it's just not worth it. But no, man, I think this really, really, really is great for Vancouver. Where do you see Garland fitting in? You use the words top six. Yes. In my mind, that that bumps either Pearson or Hoglander down. Pearson. You got to figure Besser, Pedersen, Miller. Yep. And then you got uh, your second line will be Horvat, Garland. Unless they trade Pedersen. They're not going to. When are they trading Pedersen? He'll get sheeted. He'll get What's that happening? Yeah. No, he's going on the second line with Hoglander and Horvat. That's sexy. 
I'm I'm down yeah. for that. Agreed. And Pearson, agreed. And uh, and I mean, everyone's been breezing over our our new third line center, which I love as well. And then Pearson, Jason that's a, Dickinson, yeah, yeah, it's a it's a good checking third line. It's, it's yeah, and I, I think it, it eases Puck Colson in as well if he's going to be your third line guy. Yeah, I think it's like good luck. I think it's safe to say I like Garland a bit more in Vancouver than I did in Arizona. Uh, I think this is bad for Nick Schmaltz. I'm worried about Jason, uh, Jacob Chikrin. Are you guys like, you know, they're, they're rumored to be sending out Dvorak. They use the words, everybody's available except Jacob Chikrin. <laughs> so <laughs> like, and they've already taken on Jay Beagle uh, Louis Erickson, they're going to get to a point where those guys have to play. And it's just Jacob Chikrin on a top power play with like Louis Erickson. Um, what do you, what do you think? Does Chikrin, every player that gets traded away from Arizona does a little bit of damage to Chikrin. They were finally having some legitimacy. Yeah. They finally started having legitimacy last year. Like they were surprising people and people were talking about the coyotes and they were worth having on your team. Now they're, they're going to have Louis their top power play. They're move Louis Erickson out. and Phil Kessel are going to be on their top power play. The top power play Jesus. still has Keller, still has Nick Schmaltz, still has Dvorak as of right now, but he's rumored to be on the move, uh, and Kessel. So right there, you still have a top power play. Everybody else that gets traded out, you filter up to the top power play and give more time to the top power play. So like it, it could be good for Chikrin in a way, like more power play share, but uh, you know, you're taking away goal support and assists by way of that. And, you know, Chikrin could slide at that way. I don't know. With Shane Goss. Is oh, come on. There, there is know, no way. Might. There is no <laughs> way. Ghost. Like, are we all getting traded? Just saves ghost from knowing what the inside of Arizona's press box looks like. That's it. Maybe it's nicer than the inside of Philly's press box. All right. I want to know what OEL in Vancouver looks like. Is that power play too? Yeah. Well, you're not going to beat Quinn Hughes. Uh, yeah. You can't. cannot beat him. It's his only Quinner. purpose in life. Well, Jeez. Power play one the, is where he lives. The way I phrase that question is, is it power play two or is it no power play? Like there was no question. No, it's got to be. It's got to be power play two. Oh, I think it's yeah, power play too. I'm there for it. Let's talk some more Philadelphia. We got Ryan Ellis. Um, let's dive into this one. This is an older trade. I actually like the moves that Philly they made. Lost, I they like lost the wrist line in trade. Uh, it made our team better, but we overpaid for it. Agreed. I Remember I said yeah. that that day. I said, I like Risto because people were shitting on the Risto, like just Risto in general. I said, I like Risto. I just... Wish we didn't pay yeah. as much for him. Risto gets a lot of hate from analytics, like, and I mean rightfully so. Uh, he's been bad, really bad. But so has Buffalo. So I just wonder if it's like nature or nurture. Are you bad because of Buffalo, or are you part of the reason that Buffalo's bad? I'm curious. And Philly paid a hefty premium to find out. So we're gonna find out. But I think I love our top four. I think though. there's oh our yeah, top four is what fucking is it? It's nasty, Provorov, man. Ellis. Sanheim and Risto. Solid. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's pretty damn good. good. I like that. 
Risto's bad analytically, <clears throat> but I mean, it always with analytics, it depends what you look at, like what you want Risto for. He does in spades. Like you want him to hit people. You want him to block shots. Fantasy is great. Fantasy but is great. Just, you you have a better a team, cast of characters around you. The hits are still going to be there. Yeah. The offense will only get better. Um, and he's not going to stop hitting. He's not going to stop blocking shots. So fantasy, I think Risto's in fine shape. And as a team guy, I think that's I think it's gonna help Philly a lot. I think it's honestly, I think it's good for Carter Hart. <laughs> not 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 via Risto. Risto has been like a direct result of so many goals. But again, that's the Buffalo, like who knows? Uh, I was listening to Dmitry Filipovich's podcast. He was talking, um, what do you say? Brandon Montour was a plus player until he went to Buffalo and then he got traded to Florida and he was a plus player again. Colin Miller was a plus player. He got traded to Buffalo, was a minus. And yeah. that's that's just kind of how it happens. Risto's played his whole career in Buffalo. Bad. So let's see. They're bad. Play on the worst team. Your plus minus goes down. Ellis <laughs> just... is great for Carter Hart. Great. Love it. Um, power play one for Ellis. Are we all in agreement? He's a righty. Yes. He's a righty. Gustafsson, Gustas Bear, Provrov, all lefties. That's perfect for all the yeah. I was just gonna say it's perfect. And for all Drew the goes back to his normal side on the power play. I think we can get a power play to click again, on in theory on paper. Uh, Provorov is he power play two or is it Risto? It's got to be Provorov. Provi knows at, at least to start. At least to start. Provi knows the system already. He's got that shit down pat. If anything, he starts it. Maybe Risto gets some time, but I definitely think it's Provorov. They're almost, it seemed like they could be a little interchangeable, but I'd like to, I would never be looking towards Risto for offense. Like, it's a bonus. Let's talk about our expectations about Ellis. I wrote a little bit here. Uh, so, over his career, he's over, he's just under half point per game. It's a 10 year career. Since he's been promoted to over 20 minutes a night, the last six seasons, he's over half point per game, 45 points ish. Uh, the last four years, he's a 50-point pace player. The last three, 48. The last two, 55. So like, there's a lot of sway here. Uh, the obvious knock on Ellis is that he is not healthy all the time. He's kind of been typecast as an injury risk. He's 30. Um, so maybe you can call him like he's on the back nine of his career. You wouldn't be far off in saying that. If he plays 82 games, 50-point over-under, where are you at? I'll take the spot on huh. 50 points. You're going to take the push? Why you, yeah, why you always do this? fucking this is the second take time the you take push. the push. Like how will you always right, 50 and a half that. points. 50.5 points over under. Under. Can it be 49 You're just stuck on 50, aren't you? You yes. think it's going to be spot on 50. All right. I know it's going to be 50 points exactly. I know. I'll take the over. I'll take that bet. I'll yeah, take I'll that over. bet. I'll go over, but I'll take the bet on it being anything except Exactly 50 Price points. Is right, bitch. Uh, power play two is open in Nashville. That's got to be at Holmes, right? <laughs> yeah, sure, I guess. Does it matter? Yeah. I don't know. It's something to talk about. Is Tolvan uh, on I mean, both power plays now? Because if he's yeah. not, I don't give a shit. I bet you Ellis is happy to be out of Nashville. I'll say that. Maybe. And I think a lot of people are surprised that it's Ellis that, that was the first defenseman to go. Considering Eckholm was so on the chopping block. During the trade deadline, there are a bunch of like uh, trickling pieces here. Sounds gross. So, so <laughs> Nolan Patrick goes to Vegas, 
And nothing is more Philadelphia Later. Flyers than somebody getting traded and just being excellent. I mean, Eric Gustafson went to the Stanley Cup final. Luke Shen's got his name on the cup twice. So I don't know. This one just feels ominous to me. I, I just can't help but feel that. And I, I want it to happen. Like, I want him to succeed. He's probably a great kid. But uh, what do you think? Where do you think Nolan Patrick lines up in Vegas? I mean, Chandler Stevenson's your 1C. So the competition's not really there. And like, you know, it's worth mentioning William Carlson, who is pretty good. Um, he's like, he's no slouch, but I just want to know what you guys think Patrick, his deployment might look like. He's going to be buried. He's going to be buried. I think you're going to be okay on this one, TJ. <laughs> I think I think he's a yeah. trickling piece is what I think. <laughs> He said, I also think that he's a trickling piece. And, and, I, and I think that's sad because I, I had such high hope for Nolan Patrick. But I think, again, going to that team specifically where he's not going to get the chance to shine and get top six to minutes, that he is going to be buried, that he is going to be buried once again, used in a secondary role at best. And that's where he's, he's going to be. C. That's my opinion as well. Yeah. Uh, okay. Cody glass to Nashville. So is Phil Myers, but I want to talk about Cody glass. I really don't know what to make of this one. Like Vegas was in a pretty solid spot. Uh, Chandler Stevens is your one C. So again, there was, there was room to move up, not a ton of competition for somebody like Cody glass. I don't know if he's going to find a spot on the wing. They shipped out yarn croak. Well, they lost yarn croak. He just didn't hold that spot when he, when yeah. he got the chance to do it. He didn't grab a hold of it. Like, you know, you that, think he TJ. moves to the wing. You saw it the same. You think as he I moves did. to the wing. I mean, you lost Arvidsson. You lost Yarn Croak. Um, Philip Tomasino. If, if you're asking me and there's plenty of bias here, but I think Tomasino is objectively a better prospect than Cody Glass and should project to be the center. Maybe they play together. Fine. Like it's not mutually exclusive, but I think you've got to have Tomasino in above the pecking order like his dynasty outlook for me does not change does not change you do love philip donison i'll stand by him i'm you gonna stand him. by him he's got my name all over him. glass seems like a depth piece to me man i don't i like he couldn't cut it in vegas yeah with with crazy better offensive support you're moving to a smaller pond he does have the opportunity to be a bigger fish but I mean, there's always post-trade hype. You know, you got the something to prove. You got a chip on your shoulder. There could be some energy there, and it could really work out. But I feel like I'm I'm cautiously optimistic with emphasis on caution. So I don't know how you guys feel. What, what does Cody Glass in Nashville look like to you? It looks like I'm still going to not care about him. <laughs> well, that's it. And, and it's kind of sad because I actually do like Cody Glass. I know you do, yeah. He's someone that, that hit our radar, you know, multiple times but that's when he got the the chance to do it and he just didn't take advantage so i don't really see too much in the future he is going to continue to be a waiver wire pickup as far yeah. as i'm concerned um he's definitely not draftable but we'll have to see i mean you can still keep an eye on him if he moves up and down that that roster then maybe but i mean he has duchene in front of him he has johansson in front of him and I mean, Rijo is probably not getting off that top C. Maybe he might have a chance at that two C, but I don't see Duchesne going anywhere either. So, like, I think it's almost like he's stuck in a bottom six. Unless he role. moves to wing, I think it's very possible that could happen too. Not with the way that Luke Kunin played in the playoffs. Mm, good enough, yeah. 
Well, I mean, you lost Yarn Croak, you lost Harvidson. There's going to be room on the wing, even if it is in the bottom six. On the left wing, on the left wing, maybe. You know, it might maybe it's bottom six, but I think there's room on the wing. Goss is paired to Arizona. We talked about this one. You know, Goss should be power play two. Everybody that gets traded from Arizona makes power play two worse and just filters guys up to power play one. That's it. I think that's it. There's nothing really much more to say there. Alex Nedeljkovic to Detroit. Ouch. First of all, what the fuck is Carolina thinking? Crazy. What the fuck? Like they... They don't. They for some reason they don't see him as a viable number one goal. That's bullshit. He. They see him. They see him as. This is what I'm telling you. They see him as a tandem goalie at best, if not a backup. Okay, so they traded. That's how they view him. So they wanted to pay him one and a half million dollars <sighs> a year Oof. instead of the three and a half that he asked for, which he could have. Uh, so he he's going to be a free agent. Um. In, in arbitration, he could have gotten more. So they actually, he actually said, I'll do it for $3 million. You give me $3 million a year. We won't have to go to arbitration. I'll be happy. You'll be happy. They said, no, we want to give you one and a half. And he said, okay, I'll see you. You can either trade me or I'll, or I'll wait until I get to be a free agent. We'll see what happens then. Dougie's not coming back, is he? No, because Tom Dundon isn't going to pay anybody a fucking a dime. Skate. Okay, so in, instead of paying... Skate. He is going to be the reason that they don't win a cup. And they actually legit are in a win-now situation. They are legit in a win-now situation. Face... But instead, they're trading away Nadelkovich. Instead, they're trading away Jake Bean for a fucking third-rounder. They're making bad decisions all based on Tom Dundon not wanting to spend any money. So you're staring down the barrel of... Right now, you have no goalies, Carolina. None. So instead of paying Nedeljkovic, not a single one signed. Point two million dollars. They have the rights. They have the rights to to sign Jonathan Bernier. <laughs> what happens when they sign Jonathan Bernier for the for the number that they didn't want to sign I mean. Nedeljkovic? Is, is you rather pay? You have to pay two goalies now because you need to fucking play two goalies as a starter and a backup, and you wouldn't pay Nedeljkovic. $3 million for two years or three years or whatever it was. Mrazek is going to go explore free agency. Reimer, I don't think Carolina gives a shit. Bernier, you have the rights, like you were saying. So, like, you have zero goalies, and you would rather not pay Nadalkovich $3 million. Like, this is, this is fucking stupid. The only bright spot in that list you just said is Nadalkovich. Like, at least he might be great. You yeah. think Bernier is going to all of a sudden be great after, you know, 12 years in the league? Like no. He was decent. He was decent in Detroit, which is saying something. You were decent on a bad team. So maybe they think they found something. There. Uh, you know, you maybe but you still. found something with the Calder finalist in Nedeljkovic. Oh, like, my God. Jesus. Yeah. Like how I think that's ruthless. But for some reason, there there's been a there's been a ton of talk about some of the goals that he left in in the playoffs that were bad goals, especially against Tampa Bay, who, mind you, ended up winning the fucking Stanley Cup for the second time in a row, in a row the second year in a row. Yeah. But they're but they're, supposedly they're upset about some of the soft goals that Ned let up in the in the you know series Lost against the Tampa. best team of the decade. Like, it's ridiculous. It's, it's, I, 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 yeah. Oh, man. I don't even like Carolina. And I'm like super heated <laughs> about this whole thing. Like I keep on saying to all my friends that are Carolina fans, I'm like, hey, this coming from a, from a Flyers fan, 
I'm sorry about mm. your team. I'm sorry, man. This was a bad season for them and or bad off season. Bad, bad, bad. Don't like it. Uh, all right. Ryan Graves. Oh, wait. All right. So, so we vented a lot about Alex and and how stupid Tom Dundon is. Let's talk about what our expectations for him in Detroit are. Cause I was ready to move on, but I forgot. We didn't even talk about that. Thomas Grice was good before he went to Detroit. Do you think the same thing happens to Ned or is there hope here? Like the team is gradually getting better. They're not, you know, a contender or anything, but what do you guys think happens with Ned? Um, I think he has a chance to grow with a really young team. All right. They have some really young names. Their pipeline is not bad. And you're fully aware of that, TJ. Their pipeline is actually really damn good. They're going to, they're going to be a good young team. Uh, uh, well, not good young team. They're going to be a, a young <laughs> team that can grow and play yeah. together. I'm sorry. They're on their way. But they have, but they legit have a lot of good young players. We'll just but have how to see often what does a good young team benefit a goalie, right? Like it's not usually the one who benefits on a good young team. I don't really. Well, they have Philip Hironuk, who who is a who is a decent young yeah. defenseman. They have Mort Sider, who's probably going to get get bumped up this year. I like Troy Stetcher. Their their defense is is not horrible. Their defense is horrible. I don't their know. Their defense is horrible. <laughs> it absolutely is. I like the right side of their defense. They have Nick Letty too. I don't like I mean, they're, they're trending in the right direction. But sure they are. And it's it's short term contract. I think, I think they're I think they're on they the have, upswing. They have Sebastian Casa in their pipeline now. Days are numbered. I don't see how going from Carolina. Carolina to Detroit is not going to help your statistics. I'm just going oh, to guess that. Yes. <laughs> I am not trying to pitch that this is a value increase for Alex Nedeljkovic in any way. I want to be very clear about that. But maybe it's... I think he's going to be the number one. I think he'll be the number one. There's going to be volume to be had. I think, you know, you know, Reimer... I always get Bernier and Reimer mixed up. And now that they're on the same team, this is a fucking nightmare. But, all right, so Bernier... Wasn't so bad in Detroit. There's no reason to think that Ned can't be at least just slightly under league average and take volume out the ass. He is going to get pegged. <laughs> He's going to get peppered every night. And like, you, yeah, maybe Grice is there. Who knows? But like Ned's your one short term. Fine. Yeah, I think so. Ned's going to go in there with a huge chip on his shoulder. So I think there's there's motivation there as well. Um, I don't think this like craters his value, but it does not help it whatsoever. But that's where I'm at. That's it. He's going to have the shots to save. Let's say that he's going to have some shots that need to be saved. And if he can save them all, he'll be incredible. (laughs) Got to save them all. I just don't know if he's. (laughs) And at the end of the day, you go to a storied franchise like the Detroit Red Wings. While they they are not good now. Yeah. That team has a and has a Iserman, lot of history behind them. Iserman. and they're gonna and they're gonna be good. It might not be next year. It might not be the year year after next. But Nedeljkovic is really young. It's and a I short think contract, really which worries me a little bit. Maybe they re up. He's come a long way. He's come a long way yeah. from being Needle Dick. Those were the good old days. All right, Ryan Graves gets traded to New Jersey. Is there anything here outside of Banks? Cool story, bro. <laughs> It's just banks. That's all it is. Cool story. All right. So there's a deal. Zach Hyman to Edmonton. This one. Zach Hyman to Edmonton. It's all but done. 
It has not been signed. Wednesday is like the start of free agency. So I think they're waiting. He's got to be on the first line, right? Like he's got to be that left wing one, the the Pat Maroon that was on the top line a few years ago when they were good. Um, is that an improvement over Toronto's left wing one? What do you think? He's the luckiest son of a bitch in the history of hockey is what he is. Matthews and Marner. Like, <laughs> yeah, which, which is better. Matthews and Marner to what yeah, you said it the other day. Matthews and Marner to McDavid yeah. and Dreisaitl. Those are the four main players that you're gonna play with during your career. It's like the top Bummer. four in scoring right now. <laughs> like <laughs> he's he's yeah. definitely gonna play with somebody good. And I think like it seems like a guy they are getting for McDavid. He, he is, is he definitely is good and more so he is exactly what they need. You know, he's like he tries so he tries hard. so hard. I mean, that's all McDavid needs. He needs someone who's there. Go get me the goddamn puck when I don't have it, and then get out of the fucking way. And that's Zach Hyman is my spirit animal. Tries really hard. He's only really good if there's a good partner. He's like me at sex. Makes it makes sense. I, I feel like I'm Zach Hyman at times too. He knows to put himself in yeah. in the right spots. Apparently. He punches in, that's for sure. All right. I think the most interesting part out of this one, like Zach Hyman, I think that is, you know, his value is probably going to stay around the same. Playing with McDavid is probably electric. So I think there's going to be plenty of offense to go there. The, the hits will be there. The shots, we'll see. Well, he's going to play the same exact game. He's going to play the same exact game. He is going to forecheck. That is going to be his job. He's going to run down. He is going to run down the ice. He's going to forecheck. Get the puck out to McDavid, out to the scores, and he's going to get assists. He's going to play the same exact game. That's why they got him, and they got him for a reason. It was a smart. I think it's reason. a good reason. Yeah, because that's what you need. You need someone to go down there, get the fucking puck, get it to McDavid, let him do what he does. The most exciting part of this trade to me is the fact that now a left wing spot in the top six in Toronto is open. Maybe that's Nick Robertson. Maybe it's Ilya Mishayev. Somebody gets to play with Matthews and Marner. And I want to know who it is because I think that is the most exciting part of this trade. The biggest value increase is going to be whoever takes left wing one in Toronto. Hyman, maybe he puts on another five points. Maybe, right? But if Ilya Mishiev goes from, you know, line two to line one, I think that's a whole different dynamic. If it's Nick Robertson that hops up there, that is impressive. That's going to be huge. Yeah. That to me is is where the value is. It's not Zach Hyman. It's whoever gets left wing one in Toronto. I want to know who the fuck it's going to be. Definitely. If it's Joe Thornton, I fucking riot. No, no, come on now. I'm done. They, they did that experiment, experiment already. I, I think Robertson for me is suited with Willie and Johnny. I think Mishiev could be the guy. That's my gut. It's definitely not going to be Galchenyuk. Is is there anything else we should add to this episode? That's it, right? It's fucking curtains. crazy. Exciting. Exciting wicked. Uh, but anyway, guys, that's it for the trade frenzy episode of us. Five hole fantasy hockey. We oh, are coming back awesome. early in the week. We got apples and genos, Nate from apples and genos talking. We're going to talk about our, our biases, like the players that we like more than you guys. And I think it's pretty easy. Tomasino is going to be one of my guys. I'm sure of it. Uh, we're going to talk about what players we like more than you, what players we don't like more than you. It's going to be a fun episode. And players that we're jaded on, I think, is a, a, an important third like category because 
like Anthony Mantha was one of my guys last year and he fucked me so maybe he's in that third category maybe he's still one of the guys I like more than you but you're gonna have to tune in next week to find out looking forward to that one again you guys can find us on Twitter at FHF Hockey you can join the Fantasy Hockey Discord catch you later we love you love you love you